This is the Riches from the Pages radio broadcast with evangelist Adam Borden, brought to you by Wahoo Baptist Church in Murrayville, Georgia. We invite you to join us for this time of mining the unsearchable riches of God's Word. And now, evangelist Adam Borden. Haggai chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. Verse 5, look here. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. It's no longer a question, it's a command. Consider your ways. That word way gives us the, in, the, the indication of a direction. Uh, there is consideration that he's asking for in the direction that they're going. They have no direction right now. They're going nowhere. He says, consider your ways. Consider where God has brought you from. Consider what he's brought you to. Consider the promise of what he's, he's allowing you to do and what that will do for you and for future generations by accomplishing the job that God's given you. Consider your ways. Think. Examine yourself. Become self-aware of your condition. Look at your thought processes. Now, I'm not all into Norman Vince appeal and the power of positive thinking because you can think positive about a lot of things and it ain't going to change anything. I can't think myself skinny. I'm going to have to do something about that. I'm going to have to be aware of the fact that if I eat twice as much in a day as a fellow my size needs to, there's a cause and effect to that. And if I want to think, see myself skinny, I can't just think myself skinny. i got to do something about it. I have to consider my ways. I have to consider my ways of my finances. I can't spend more than I make. People who do that are not considering their ways. He's saying, take a look at how you're acting, how you're conducting yourself. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 says, but let a man examine himself. Speaking of that, an ordinance of communion. Examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. And sometimes if we can't get it right ourselves, uh, we have to be like the, 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 the psalmist said, examine me, Lord. David cried out, said, create in me a clean heart. There had to be a desire to be different from the way you are. Now notice this moving quickly, verse number six. He wants them not only to consider their ways, but he is being very specific. Their conviction is now specified. Look at verse six. You have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. He's saying through this convicting word that there's consequences for the way that you've been living. You've been living for yourself, and what has it gotten you? You've given much effort, but there's little fruit to show for it. You've invested time, and you've invested money in the things that you want to do, but there's diminished returns in your investment. You've fed your flesh, but your flesh is never satisfied. You've got a closet full of clothes and walk up and say there ain't nothing to wear. You come up with a big salary. You've got all the money that you need, all the money that you can spend, but you've spent it all up and you're overdue on your bills. Consider your ways, he says in verse number seven. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Notice this in verse number eight. I want you to see now that there was previous communication. He said, go up to the mountains, bring the wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You know what he's saying? Just get back to doing what I told you to do in the first place. There has been no change of orders. There has been no break off in, the, in a different direction that I've given you. 
Your direction right now is because you faced a little bit of adversity and you've chosen to break away from my plan. And you've just sat down for 14 years. God's instruction was still the same. What God would find pleasure in was still the same. What God would be glorified in was still the same. Obedience to the command of God brings lasting fruit. It brings inner fulfillment of the Spirit. It brings satisfaction and it brings more provision. Obedience unto the instruction that God had originally given. He's reminding them why they were there. Go back to what I told you to do in the beginning. Get back to where you're supposed to be. Hey, look at me. We all go through times. I've been there. I have been there. I've been there when I've got comfortable in a situation and God would have to shake me and say, look up here, boy, you're sleeping on the job. You're sleeping on the job. You're not getting all the things done that I want you to do because you got comfortable and satisfied where you're at. And you've stopped doing what I asked you to do. Consider your ways. There's consequences to this. Look at verse number nine. You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And you run every man unto his own house. Notice this. There's consequences to what you're doing. There's consequences to the way you're doing things. Your plans do not produce. Your ideas are left incomplete. Your wants are still left wanting more. You wanted a lot, but you left with a little. Why? Another question. He knows the answer. Why? Why is all this happening this way? Why is all this failure on every side coming your way? Why are you not living the life that you could live in obedience unto me? Why are you not seeing your needs met the way you want to see them met? Why are you never satisfied with all the things you're trying to fill yourself up with? Because my house lays waste. The foundations have got weeds growing up in the cracks. The foundations are laid waste. And there's consequences. Why? Notice he's still Lord of hosts. Because my house is laid waste and you run every man unto his own house. He's telling them what their real pursuit is. You're not pursuing me. You're not pursuing my purpose. Man's pursuits. They run every man unto his own house. Now he's turned the question. It's no longer about them and their adversaries. It's no longer about them and external forces. It's no longer them and what would buffet them, what would come against them. No, 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 no. They're not having to deal with outside forces now. Now he's dealing with them on their self. Your adversary is not always some enemy on the outside. Sometimes your own adversary, the worst enemy you've got is you. Sometimes the worst enemy I've got, most of the time, 99.4% of the time, it's me. It's my lust. It's my flesh. It's my will. It's my desires. It's my selfishness. It's not an outside person making me do anything. It's my own mind. It's my own wicked flesh. He says, it's not now because of some enemy. They've done forgot about you. They're not doing anything to make you stop now. They're not coming and whipping you on the back and putting shackles on you. It's you. It's you. It's you. The adversary is not the enemy anymore. You are your own worst enemy. It gets better. Verse 9, we've seen. Verse 10, look at this. Here's the chastisement. 
There's consequences. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, the earth is stayed from fruit, and I call for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains, upon the corn, upon the new wine, upon the oil, upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, upon cattle, upon all the labor of their hands. Everything you could name, God had put his touch on it to bring hindrance and judgment designed to bring repentance. Now, what does the Bible teach us? Whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Let me tell you something. I don't have to tell anybody in this room except maybe some of our unmarried younger folks. If your child does something that deserves a whipping, you better bless fire to whip them. Biblically, I'm not talking about abusing. I'm not talking about putting a bunch of bruises and marks all over somebody. A three-year-old understands a hickory switch just fine. Thank you for that two amens right there. Let me tell you something. I got my legs striped with just about every article of punishment and torture that my mama could find. Fly swatter. Anybody get hit with a, whooped with a fly swatter? Thank you. I got, whooped with, I got whooped with a co-op cap one time. And them little flappy things coming loose. And it's, whoosh, that's like the electric chair, man. Good night. But I'm very familiar with this sound. Son, my daddy could do that, and he could flip that thing back all in one motion. And, buddy, it was on. You'd be all right. The Bible tells us in Proverbs, a man that won't whoop his child hates his child. That's the Bible. And why would he give that to us as humans, and we shouldn't expect that from him sometimes when we get out of line? I'm 46 years old. It's been a long time since my daddy took a belt to my hind end, and my mama slapped my jaws for sass talk. But it ain't been that long ago since I heard God's belt loops being, fi- being flipped out with a belt and God laying the leather to me. And I praise God for it. There's a chastisement. Look at this. He said, I ordered it. Why? Because I want you to come back to what we originally started with. Notice this. Here's the good news. Look at verse 12 through 15. We've seen their conviction that was specified. We've seen how they should have paid attention to previous communication. We've seen the consequences of their action. We've seen his, his, his chastisement in all these ways. But notice this. He's given them the opportunity and they're taking it for recommitment. Verse 12, then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent them, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. You know what he said? I know you've not done everything right. I know you've sat on the sidelines. I know you've had some time here of difficulty. You didn't understand what, I know that. I am with you. It doesn't matter who's against you. I'm with you. When you can't even figure yourself out, I'm with you. When you don't know which way to go, I'm with you. When you veer off, I'm with you. When you come back, I'm with you. That's a great word. I understand that there's people, I've talked to them, and you have too, who think that they've done too much and they've gone too far and God would never take them back. That's a lie to the pit of hell. God is waiting with open arms for us to come back to him when it's the slightest sin or the deepest ditch of iniquity. He's ready and willing for us to come back into communion with him. I am with you, saith the Lord. There's a reminder, I am with you. There's a response individually and collectively. There's obedience 
And I'd like for you sometime in your own study to go and notice three times in this section of books. Ezra chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9, and Daniel chapter 9. They're all three chapter 9s. All three of them are prayers of individual and corporate repentance. They're saying in Nehemiah chapter 9, they make this statement, Lord, you have done right and we have done wrong. Corporately, individually is important. But when a, when a group of people grab a hold of the same rope against the enemy of God and they pull together on the same rope, man, there's nothing that they can't do together. If we would stay together in the fight, in the obedience of what God has called and given us the ability and the provision to do, oh, they recommitted. And then there was a revival. Notice in these words, verse 14, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord, their host of God. And the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, the second year of Darius the king, they got back to work. It was a revival. He stirred their spirit. He stirred their spirit. They recommitted. They rededicated. You know, that used to be something we said a lot growing up. We used to say, I'm rededicating my life to the Lord. I, I, I can't get lost because he saved me and none shall pluck me out of his hand. The devil can't have me. He can't send me to hell, but I've laid down. And I want to recommit. I want to rededicate my life. I've had to do that many times, more times than I'm comfortable with. But I'm glad that when he comes and he shows me where I need to, be better. Where I need to get back to it. He allows me to recommit, rededicate. And they came and did the work. Notice it's about a 24-day revival they had right there if you do the math on these dates. It wouldn't be a bad thing every once in a while for revival to break out from on a Wednesday through a Sunday. Amen? Wouldn't be a bad idea for the preacher to go on for a little while. Now listen, I say these words tonight. I preach this message not in an accusatory way, but just as a reminder that we shouldn't let a little bit of adversity, a little bit of problems throw us off track. If we thought that every little bump in the road was God changing his will, we'd look foolish all the time. Let's get strong. Let's strengthen ourselves in the word of God. Let's strengthen ourselves in prayer and let's strengthen ourselves in the common work. That Our we prayer have. is that the word of God has done a work in you today. For more information on the ministry of Evangelist Adam Borden, go to evangelistadamborden.com, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, and click on the contact page, or you can call 615-785-5682. Join us next time as we find riches from the pages of God's Word with Evangelist Adam Borden.